0: So about once a year, I say this, so you were here for it, okay? It doesn't happen very often, but do not turn in your Bibles. Do not open your Bibles this morning. We're going to do something a little different. So I took a really, really, really long time to go through 1 Peter. So we're going to flip that, and we're going to do all of 2 Peter this morning. We're going to do the whole book, and we're going to do it the way it would have been done when the first churches received this letter. So this morning, we are not living in the 21st century here in America. We are first century Christians. We're in about 65 AD, and we live in the Roman province of Galatia. It's right smack dab in the middle of modern day Turkey. And a couple years ago, the apostle Peter sent us a letter. About 10 or 15 years ago, the apostle Paul sent us a letter because he actually planted our church 20 plus years ago. And now we have just received another letter from the Apostle Peter. So this is what would have happened in those churches when they got this letter. You know, there's no mail service. A letter is delivered by someone. The guy who delivers it then reads it to you. So do you remember last week at the end of 1 Peter, Peter said, with the help of Silvanus, I have written you. That might mean Silvanus was there in Rome with Peter and he wrote it, but it might mean that Silvanus brought the letter to them. He, he knew what Peter had written. He'd read it. He brought the letter to them, and he read them the letter. And then do you remember last week we talked about elders? One of the things the elders do is they minister the word. And so if we were this first century church, and Peter, this guy shows up. He's got a letter from Peter. We all gather in our, our, our worship service. He'll read this letter to us, And then a few of our elders will come up and they'll minister it. They'll talk about it. They'll make application for us. They'll they'll point things out. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be a church that is just getting this letter from the Apostle Peter. So Danny Beeson is going to be our letter carrier and reader if he'll come on up. And if the elders who are going to speak, we have a, a special row for you all right here. So... Danny has brought us this letter from Peter. He's going to read it to us, and then our elders, several of them, are each going to come up, and they're going to minister the word to us, and then another one of our elders will come up, lead us in communion, and close out the time. So let me pray for us. At this very exciting time, we've just received our second letter from the Apostle Peter. So pray with me. Lord, thanks that that you have preserved these letters for us. Thanks that that they have been translated into our language. Thanks that that we can read this and we can hear this. And we can do exactly what our brothers and sisters 2,000 years ago would have done. We can hear your word read to us. We can hear the men that you have appointed to minister the word speak about it to us. And so, Jesus, I I pray for the men who will do this. I, I pray for Danny and our elders as, as they minister the word to us, and I pray for us, as we listen, and as we hear, and we pray, Jesus, that you would give us hearts and minds that understand, that you would take something from Peter's letter, Holy Spirit, and you would speak to us in that, so that as we always say, we walk out of here more like you than we walked in. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Simon Peter.
1: The servant and apostle of, of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace to yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who is called by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess all these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to contain your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them, and you're firmly established in the truth, you now have I think it right to refresh your memory as as long as I live in this tent of a, of a body because I know I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made very clear to me. I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things For We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of this majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. We ourselves, we heard this voice come from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain, we, have, we also have the prophetic message that something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretations of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among people, just as there are false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved con- uh, conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, for their destruction it has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in change of darkness to be held for judgment, he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescues Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the depraved uh, conduct of the lawless. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul soul by the lawless deeds he saw heard. Now, if this is so, then the Lord God knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. Now, this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, they are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings, even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such beings when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. But these people blaspheme in matters. They don't understand. They are like... Unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like animals, they too will perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. Their blots, blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With, the, uh, with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce unstable, and they are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straightway and wandered off to follow the way of Valium and Betzer, who love the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice, And restrain the prophet's madness. These people are springs without water. Mists driven by a storm. The blackest darkness is reserved for them. For they mouth empty boastful words. By appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh. They entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom. Well, they themselves are slaves of depravity. For, quote, people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, well, they're worse off at the end than they were in the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit. A sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and the Savior through the apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, well, where's this coming that's promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the war; the elements be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? Well, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven, a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Now bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures, to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of a lawless and fall on your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever.
2: Amen. Wow. Did you hear the urgency and passion in Peter's words. Did you hear how this is so important that he wants us to hear this over and over and over again? He wants this to resonate in our hearts, even after he is gone. He knows that he is dying. He told us that, that the Lord has revealed that to him. He has started out this passage Unlike what he did in his previous letter that he sent to us, he starts out Simon Peter, not just Peter, his apostolic authority. His earthly name, Simon, with his apostolic name, Peter. This is his epitaph. This is his last will and testament to us in the church. This is addressed not just to us. As you see in the beginning, he's talking to all Christians across all of the world. He starts out by pointing out and leading in an example of being a servant. He is a servant. He calls himself a servant, and he is also an apostle. He reminds us about how he is an apostle in the early part of this passage where he talks about how he was with Christ at the transfiguration. He was there. He witnessed how the Holy Ghost was opened up the heavens, and the Lord spoke. He was there, and he spoke. He is an apostle and a servant. And he reminds us that together we have one shared faith that is based upon the, not our righteousness, but on God's righteousness. And that together we are all in the same faith. And we all share, and there's likely, we are together one. There is no tear of of holiness in the eyes of God. We bring nothing to our salvation. And then he speaks of the grace and peace and how that is to be yours in abundance. In what? In our knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That knowledge of God, that's not just earthly knowledge, like, yeah, we know who's running for president. We've gotten a couple guys. And we know a few celebrities like Taylor Swift. We got people who know Taylor Swift. But it's not earthly knowledge. This is relational knowledge. We just sang the song. We are born again. We are in relationship with God now. So everywhere you heard that, that knowledge of God, knowledge of him, knowledge of Christ, that is that relational knowledge of him. And that is where we lean in. His divine power has given us everything. Church, we have everything that we need for life and godliness already given to us. Through what? Through our knowledge of him. Again, through our relationship with him. We can live this holy life that he has called us to. The first book that he sent us was really pointing us to how we can be alert and attentive to the attacks and the challenges from outside of the church. Here in this book, we are hearing about the battle within and how we need to be on guard from within the church. First, in this first part of the book, we hear about holiness. His call to holiness, and he echoes this throughout. This whole relationship idea of being in relationship with God, we see it from this very beginning to the last verse. You just heard it. This is important, and this is the foundation that we have. And through this relationship, he has called us by his own glory and goodness. You just heard it. Through these, his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Those promises, we've heard many and many of them throughout the scriptures that we have heard. We have seen them in in many other passages from Paul, as we were just reminded of, in the other scriptures. And we heard them in the prophets. And he reminds us here in the beginning how we should be listening and reading the, the books that we have been given by the prophets in the scriptures. And how the anointing has come upon Peter to give us this word. This word is not just his. This is anointed through the Holy Spirit. These are the words of God. And we should listen to them. And so, through this, his precious, great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. We just sang this again. We just sang about how Christ lives in us. And we are empowered through the Holy Spirit to live. And then we get into a list very similar to the list that Paul sent of the gifts of the Spirit or putting on the armor of God. The list, meaning, for this reason, make every effort to add effort. We're servants, again, just like Peter. We're working and using these tools that he gives us. Add to the foundation of our faith goodness and goodness knowledge and knowledge self-control. And self-control, perseverance, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Brothers and sisters, we are called to work in and through this. We are called to make sure, as he wraps up this first part, therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for you do these things, for if you do these things, you will never fall. Not never sin, but never fall away from the faith. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We start out with this focus on holiness. And, it, and our relationship with God gives us what we need to remain in holiness. And it also helps us in the face of heresy good morning i've i've got the middle part of uh of
3: second peter and i'm really just going to focus on about three verses and the first part of second peter gives us the encouragement reminds us of his precious promises but he then begins to to focus on a warning and I want you to listen real carefully to these verses. We've already heard it once from Danny, but in 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verses 1-3, through 3, listen to what it says. "...but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves." many will follow their sensuality and because of them the way of truth will be maligned and in their greed they will exploit you with false words their judgment from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep now i want you to pay attention to three things that are spoken of here in just these first three verses first these false teachers introduce destructive heresies. so the question i would ask you to think about is have you been trained to recognize false teaching? Because we are warned, not just by Peter, but also by the Lord Jesus, that false teaching will be prevalent. The second thing is it says, because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. That's that's those who call themselves Christians. The Christian walk will be maligned because of false teachers. And the third thing is that they're associated with greed. Now, let me give you some real-life examples of false teaching in the world in which we live. Not long ago, a pastor of a megachurch recently published a book entitled Love Wins. And the subject of this book was that there is no hell and that God saves everyone, regardless of whether or not they They profess faith in Jesus Christ, completely contrary to what the scripture teaches. They deny the master, just like we were warned 2,000 years ago would happen. So there's a false teaching. Here's another false teaching. Another pastor of a megachurch has been teaching that the church should welcome into fellowship those who practice homosexuality and claim to be Christian into the church. Again, completely contrary to what the word teaches. And it says, introducing these false teachings bring about destructive heresies. Still another pastor of a megachurch, and these are churches that have spawned other churches, often with tens of thousands of people that go to those churches or their satellite churches. Another pastor of a megachurch teaches that his God does not cause calamity. Now, that sounds pretty acceptable on the face of it, but it's actually completely contrary to what the Word tells us. So are we able to discern truth from error? That's something that Peter warns us about. Now, listen to what Jesus says. He said in Matthew 7, 15 through 18, he said, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. He then goes on in Matthew twenty-four when he was answering the question his disciples had asked him about what would be the signs of the end of the age and of your return, and he said, Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. That's Matthew twenty-four, eleven. In Matthew 24, 24, just a few verses later, he says, For false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. In Luke chapter 6, verse 26, it says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. So in saying this, Jesus revealed a key indicator of what false prophets would be like. All men would speak well of them. We should be put on on alert when we see this sort of thing. We are warned to be skeptical. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Because of those who teach the things that are not supported by Scripture and are often directly contrary to what Scripture teaches, listen to what the next verse has to say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 19 it says, for there must also be factions among you so that those who are approved may become evident among you. In other words, we are told that there are going to be disagreements, there are going to be factions. We see what the apostle Peter says about false teachers. In a similar manner, the apostle Paul reveals that men of a depraved mind are motivated by the prospect of riches. Listen to this from the letter Timothy to First Timothy. It says, "And const, this is First Timothy chapter six, verses five and six, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth who support that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. He goes on to say, if we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. In other words, that's a pretty low bar for us to set for ourselves. We shouldn't be concerned about riches. Now, finishing up, still in First Timothy, verses, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it says, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish, harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. In Second Timothy, he says, for the time will come, and this is a warning to us, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 12 and 15, it says, but what I I am doing I will continue to do so that I may cut off opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the matter about which they are boasting. He was saying, these false teachers, I'm going to cut them off. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness,
4: whose end will be according to their deeds. When I was in middle school, I remember being called out by a teacher uh, for being immature and after particularly... um, bad set of behavior on my part, I remember being called out explicitly for being selfish, foolish, and devoid of any hint of (laughs) self-control. So I wondered at this point, I thought, gosh, I know that sometime I'm going to be an adult, so I wonder when I get to level up to that adult behavior. When is it that I get to exhibit all of those things? Selflessness and wisdom and self-control. And i kind of casually asked that question to my parents, to my friends, and they kind of looked at me with those same eyes at which you're looking at me now. No, no, that's not really what, how it works. That's not what happens. What happens is you have to begin to become the person that you want to be. And in 2 Peter 3, he is challenging a lot of the people in Galatia to begin preparing themselves to be the people they're going to be. In chapter three, he gives the clearest vision for what a new heavens and a new earth are that await us. He does talk about the fact that destruction will come, that this whole world will be destroyed. But God's building a new heaven and a new earth. And if you're a believer, you will be there. And so Peter is encouraging us to pursue holiness, to pursue godliness, to pursue knowledge of Jesus Christ, to pursue the same sort of grace that he has because we need now to be preparing for the world that we are going to inhabit in the future and just like as you become an adult and whether that's the driver's license or the voter registration card or heaven forbid the mortgage if you're not ready to handle those things and you have not prepared yourself to be in that situation it's going to be challenging if you spend your entire time here on earth building up possessions Peter said, those are going to burn. If you spend your time here on earth building up godliness, that will continue to the day of eternity. And there will be a new heavens, there will be a new earth. And all of that behavior, all of that training, all of that becoming who you want to be, who God wants you to be, will go with you into the new heavens and the new earth. Peter concludes his letter this way. Dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. So Terrell's going to come and lead us into communion.
5: Thank you, Todd. I'm always reminded when we close a service that God has spoken. We've heard from his word. You've heard from God's men expounding on God's word, and no doubt God's word has spoken. You have heard it. You've heard Eric talk about godliness and holiness, Bob, and warnings of false teachings, and Todd, the preparation as we walk into be ready for a new heaven and a new earth as we prepare. And so as God has spoken to you today, so, you know, we we come into a sanctuary, we hear the words of Peter read. And we know he has spoken. So now is the question we always have to ask ourselves is, what are we going to do with what we've heard? And you say, well, that there's a whole lot, Terrell. There's a, there's a lot there. There's, there's three whole chapters. Yes. But see, I, I believe God speaks to each one of us as individuals. And then there's, there's something, there's an action that he asks us to take. And you felt it this morning. And so as we come to a close to the service, we, we do what the ancients did and we get to experience every Sunday here at DCC, we, we come to a time of remembrance. Because it's a time of remembrance that everything that God has spoken this morning becomes true. We call it the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, or a time of communion. The elements are before us. And here at DCC, we practice Open communion, meaning that you don't have to be a member of DCC to partake this morning, but you do have to be a born-again believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, one who has experienced repentance, is believing, and is a follower of Jesus Christ. And so in a moment, I'll invite you to come forward and, and pick up the elements at one of our tables that are across the front. There's one on the rear um it's always said gluten free is on my right. Um, come pick up the elements of 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 the the bread and the and the juice, the the body and the blood of Jesus. Go back to your seat and then we'll take that together. So let me pray and at the end of my prayer please come forward for the for the elements. Father God, this is your morning. We pray just as you did in the example you've given us over the elements this morning, that we do this in remembrance of you. So we thank you about what we're about to partake that you have provided for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So please come forward, take the elements, and then return to your seats and we'll take it together.